the wrong side of the red line, Dallas Stars Podcast. Here is your host, Sean Shapiro. So it looks like we've got, uh, we don't know for sure, Ryan, but it looks like we've got a field of three for the next Dallas Stars coaching job. It's like a, uh, I don't even know what I was, what comparison I was going with here. We're down to, uh, it's like Survivor now, who's going to get the million dollars. That actually works. That's an apt comparison because someone's going to get him make a lot of money. I don't know. Whatever. Yeah, that's true. As we've got, uh, so to catch everyone up, if you aren't aware, the Stars obviously announced yesterday Lindy Ruff would not return to coach next season. That was completely expected. Um, they He was not technically fired. Uh, his contract expired, and the Stars are not renewing his contract. And uh, Jim Nill today, at his media availability, said he's already spoken to three people. It's a move he wants to make quickly. And he was looking to talk to veteran experienced coaches that have won before. So whether you like the list or not, that screams that the three names are Ken Hitchcock, Gerard Gallant, and Michelle Terrian. I don't like the names really. I mean I mean we've talked a lot why I don't like Gerard Gallant, which for better or worse is for selfish wanting to watch the gameplay reasons. I don't think Michelle Terry is a good coach at all. I just, the way that, and I mean, you can argue that he kind of fell out of favor because they lost the best goalie in the planet on planet earth for most of last year. But just the way that, I mean, the fact that he got fired mid season for a team that's kind of been decent. And then after they got rid of him, they were, and I mean, I guess, I, I don't think anyone's going to argue that Michelle Terry is a better coach than coach than Claude Julien, but just the way that that the, the way he kind of not really wore out his welcome in Montreal, but the way just that all went down, that kind of just rubs me as someone you kind of want to stay away from. And I mean, we've touched on Hitchcock before too. I which I mean, I wouldn't mind Ken Hitchcock. I just don't. It's just one of those things that I still don't understand the fascination with pulling in Anaheim and going back to the well of a guy who got you to a Stanley cup. And then you later ended up getting rid of for whatever reason. Yeah. And the, uh, I actually, I put I decided I was curious to try and get some fan reaction to this. And so I put out a poll about, uh, an hour and a half ago now. Um, and so far the votes and I made it, the only three options were Hitchcock, Galan and Tarion. Um, obviously I didn't put not none of the above because, Way too many people have already replied, and that would throw off my very scientific Twitter poll. But so far, of those three options, 45% have said Gallant, 42% Hitchcock, and then 13% uh, Tarion. And uh, I actually agree with that. I mean, I, I think it comes down to if there's there's a, if there's a two front runners for me of that group of three, it comes down to Hitchcock or Gallant because I think those would be the uh, the better options just as coaches and for who would be the better fit. Um, now, both of them, both of them are going to play much more. It's not going to be as exciting as it was under Lindy Ruff. Now, maybe that's what the stars need though, because while the stars played an exciting style this year, they didn't win very many games. So maybe it is time to buckle down and play defensively. And that's how you win games. And I, I don't know which one the right answer is. I'm actually kind of interested since it's kind of interesting that they're moving this quickly because I thought maybe they might consider Kirk Moeller, um, who's an assistant with Montreal, but obviously if they're moving quickly, um, 
it's not going to be him because he's still going to be coaching in the playoffs for a couple, at least a couple of weeks, maybe even a month and a half. Right. That was going to say Mueller's a name that I've seen, and that's a name that I wouldn't mind. Obviously, there's a Dallas connection. There's a guy who went to the cup finals with Dallas back in 2000, and he's not a name I would I, I wouldn't mind Kirk Muller at all. I mean, he has head coaching experience, but just with the way that Jim Nilla said we want a veteran head coach, that, I mean, it, it, it certainly points to the three guys that you mentioned. And he, I mean, it does make sense in the sense that this is a team that with one or two adjustments is obviously a playoff contender at the bare minimum. I mean, this was a team that won the, Western Con- was first in the Western Conference during the regular season last year. So it's obviously a team that has talent that just some things didn't fall the right way this year. So it's, I mean, it's an attractive job, don't get me wrong. But, and it's, a, and it's also a job where you're not going to want to, you know, where Colorado goes, with, I mean, and granted, this isn't the same situation because they got, Colorado got kind of thrown between a rock and a hard place with Wah retiring late in the summer. But it's not a situation where you're looking for, a hotshot AHL coach or an up-and-coming assistant and trying to grow with them. You're looking for the guy who's going to come in and win now. And, I mean, the more I think about it, too, St. Louis really wasn't boring to watch under Ken Hitchcock. That was a good team that had – I mean, and they had a lot of good players. And I loved Jim Nill's quote today about the way they want to play, saying that ultimately your good skill players can play good defense, but you can't teach guys who only play defense to play a skilled game. So – and I feel like that's kind of the way that St. Louis has been playing the last however many years that Hitchcock has been the coach there, is they have good players who can play defense, and they don't necessarily have these pylon-type guys out there who they just threw out there and are like, block shots, make hits, blah, 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 like that. So I don't. the more I think about it, the more I wouldn't mind Ken Hitchcock. He's not my ideal candidate, but you certainly, I feel, could do worse than that. I think the thing that people need to think about with defense, and it's something that is, this is just a good hockey adage. I think a lot of people forget you play your best defense with your feet. And by that, I mean, you play your best defense by moving and skating. It's, those are the things that make a better defender to me in my mind, not the, the hits and the block shots and everything like that. The best defenders and the stars have a lot of guys who are good skaters. So, so the, theoretically that should, that could apply to playing good, playing well in your own end. Now, the key question is, can whoever the coach gets, whoever the next coach is, can they get some of those superstar skill guys that the stars have, can they get them to buy in on their own end? I mean, um, it's like we always talk about putting together, we always talk about the stars, what could have been their super offensive line with Ben, Spezza, and Sagan. And the biggest problem with that was they were such a liability defensively. That was their biggest problem. And they could get caught in road games with bad uh, matchups. But with how those guys skate and how those guys play, they should be good. They should be able to be good defensive players. And as 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 you pointed out there, as Jim Nill said, there's a little bit of a message there to the players that you've got to be willing to play some defense if you want to win some games. Right, and it's almost to a a point where you got to think maybe your top players kind of stop listening to Lindy in that regard and putting a new guy in charge on the bench is going to kind of not necessarily reignite a fire under these guys, but just getting a different voice in there. And you have a guy who doesn't necessarily have a rapport with some players. You got to go in there and you got to earn your ice time, regardless of who you are. I, I guess we can say it now. I mean, you always got, I mean, it's something where I kind of shied away from staying a little bit in the past, just because it's something you didn't want to say during the season, but you definitely got the feel that this team did not, 
they weren't playing for Lindy after about arguably even the last four or five months of the season. It got to that point, and that's that's the way it seemed. Um, there was guys who were playing for jobs and playing like that, but there wasn't really a team buy-in or anyone that was really playing for the head coach like like he would have needed to, to still be the coach today. Uh, yeah, I, the other, I don't disagree with that at all. The other interesting thing um, that's just going to be they're basically they're whoever's whoever the new coaches is, is going to pick get to pick their assistants. Um, it was announced today. Kurt uh, Kurt Frazier um, will have an opportunity. Kurt Frazier, who runs the power play, will have an opportunity to interview for interview with the next head coach to be an assistant. While James Patrick will not be back. Um, there was no way you could bring James Patrick, paint James Patrick back with how horrendous since he ran. He was responsible for that penalty kill, so there was no way James Patrick could be back. Um, James Patrick was also a Lindy Ruff, uh, Lindy Ruff guy, so he wasn't going to be back either. But uh, so Kurt Frazier could still be here next year and, and running the power play, possibly depending on who the co- next coach is. And uh, they're also keeping uh, uh, goalie coach Jeff Reese on staff and video coach Kelly Forbes, um, who. I actually think Jeff Reese actually deserves a little bit, actually deserves some credit because I think he actually made Kari Lettinen into a passable goalie this year after what he'd been the year before and, and before that. So now if there was, hypothetically, if there was a better goalie coach out there, I wouldn't be opposed to that. But it's, to me, the more interesting option is the fact that they're going to allow Frazier to uh, interview with the next head coach. Right, especially with how the power play was this year. So, I guess we'll see how that shakes out. Well, and, and the thing with Frazier, and the thing that people are going to, reason people hate him too and they don't like him, is the, is the drop pass. And I actually think the drop pass is effective. The problem is the drop pass, when overused, is ineffective. And that's what the stars became. The drop pass is supposed to be option one, sorry, it's supposed to be option A, and then you also need an option B. It's not supposed to be option A through Z. And that's what happened with the stars power play this year where the te- teams would key on the drop pass they'd take away the drop pass and the stars would run around like chickens with their heads cut off after after they were key after they took it away and the zone entry failed um there was never another option or another play that the other teams had to defend and plan for so um i know the drop pass gets a lot of hate in dallas and a lot of hate on twitter and things like that but it actually is an effective tool but the problem is it can't, it's not an effective tool when it's the only tool right that's like it's like pulling out your driver for a 95 yard approach shot. It is the driver's a useful club, but it doesn't work in every situation. Mm-hmm. So it, it's going to be interesting. I mean, we may have, uh, as we said, we're going to kind of do this off season podcast and, and we'll do it as, as, as key events pop up here and there and things like that. And who knows, we may be talking in, in a week again, we may record in a week again because the way Jim Neal was talking today, it seems like he's going to move quick on this hire. I wouldn't be surprised if we're seeing the next, if we're seeing a press conference for the next head coach within eight to ten days. It, that wouldn't surprise me at all. I feel like we're going to end up having a lot of these this off season. Just with uh, obviously, it's going to be a very important off season in Dallas. There's probably going to be a lot of changes coming: the expansion draft, free agency, the draft. How uh, we can touch on how starsy it was that. Uh, their last game of the year, they <laughs> went from having the sixth best odds at the number one pick to the eighth best odds at the number one pick in a game in which they blew a lead and then won in a shootout. Yeah, it was. Uh, 
in that, in that game, they won in a shootout where they they actually scored the game-winning goal in overtime. Tyler Sagan was off sides, and they reviewed it, and they had to pull the avalanche. They had to pull the Colorado team back onto the ice to complete the game. That talk about a talk about a fitting ending for that season for the Stars. Right. So I, it'll be uh it'll be a busy off season for sure. I don't think we're gonna get a lot of rest here. I don't think so either. I mean, actually, I do believe, though, we're going to get a lot of rest after July. I, th- I think the Stars aren't going to do much in July, though. Actually, I think with how this offseason is setting up, I think we're going to see a coach hire soon. We're going to see a lot of movement right before the expansion draft. I think the Stars are going to make their big moves through the trades this year, and I think trades are going to be done in that range between June 10th and June 20th this year as teams try and position themselves for the expansion draft. I think that's going to be so. I think that's going to be our busy time, uh, our busy time this year. I, yeah, that sounds about right. And I mean, with Dallas most certainly having a top ten pick this year, potentially even a top five pick, they should theoretically be big players draft weekend too. So we'll see what happens with that. It was interesting with uh, so I asked I asked Jim today, Jim Nill today about how the stars have tried to plan and, and speculate how the draft will look so they can be best prepared. And uh, I don't know if you saw the quote for this. So what he told, what he said was, when they had their uh, their pro and amateur scouting meetings a couple months ago, each team, each scout is responsible for four or five teams. And so basically, they had each scout put together a protection list for everything. And so they made a massive list, and they did their own basically. Basically, it sounds like they did their own mock expansion draft. And Nil talked today about how he's gonna he's looked at that list, and he knows what teams are gonna have. Per- protection expand, um, protection problems and he knows what protection problems he's going to have and so that's something where he's going to be making he said he's going to be making calls like that and uh, and he also said uh, George McPhee is he's going to be making several calls to George McPhee to get uh, ideas on what he's looking for and, and things like that as well so it's uh, I really think the stars are going to be a big player in making just with how Jim Nill is a trader for uh, in his style of being a GM I think the Stars could be one of the more active teams trading around the expansion draft and making trades where we're going to look and be like, and we may scratch our head at first, but then it's pretty obvious that somebody it was because so-and-so couldn't be protected or there was advantage there because of protection. Yeah, and I'm really looking forward to see what happens. This is, I like, I like moves like, like stuff like this. This is, uh, I obviously being a Stars fan, the last 10 years I've gotten to, uh, Loved the lot, the off season a lot, and the time around the draft a lot because it was very relevant to me. So this is this is an exciting time of year, and it's it's bittersweet to be excited about it again. But that's all right. I'm not. It'll be fun. We'll make it fun. We'll, we'll make it fun. We'll, we'll do our best to make it fun. A um, couple things uh, just to touch on before the end of the just touch on in this one, and and you know what? I think we might even talk about it. Um, as it gets closer, but it was interesting today from exit interviews today. Um, really good news about uh, Jim Nill thinks Matias Yanmark will be ready for training camp. We don't know for sure, obviously, with the state of that injury, but um, Yanmark's having uh, has some screws in his knee that he's going to get taken out next week, um, and then uh, he'll be back skating about four weeks after that. But Nill said there was even Yanmark had even thought about possibly playing in games this season. He thought he might have been able to play at the end of this season, and we saw him practice. So him getting him back next year, and you've mentioned it before, how the, he would be like a big free agent signing. That would be that would be a big boost if he's back healthy. Um, the other guy uh, we talked to coming off injuries, Patrick Sharp. Patrick Sharp says he thinks he'll be ready for training camp. Um, and uh, 
I don't know if Patrick Sharp is part of the Stars or not next year because I don't know if, I don't think that's a smart decision right now. Just, I don't, we've talked about it before. He's 35, he's coming off hip surgery, and a guy his salary could probably get something just as serviceable from a young guy at, at league minimum almost. Right, especially, I mean, the way he played this year. Obviously, there's potential there for him to be a 50-60 point guy, but you just, at this stage in his career and what he's coming off of, it's just, it's not certain whatsoever. And that's, for a team that wants to get back to the playoffs next year, you could argue that that's not necessarily the best risk to take. Mm-hmm. The, uh, I mean, and, and the biggest thing for the offseason for the Stars, and it's it's some of the things we've talked about before, but some of the biggest things after the coach, they need to figure out what they're going to do with the goalie. I wouldn't be surprised. I think the buyout window is June 15th to June 30th. I think we'll see Antti Nami bought out at that point. Um and then you have to make the decision: Are you going to go Kari Lettinen, a young guy? Are you going to buy out Kari Lettinen as well and try and go two goal and try and bring in two new goalies? That's something we're going to have to watch. Um, somebody brought up a really good point today that I, I, I hadn't thought about, and it's another reason to re- root for well, a Patrick Eve's health because I know he was ding, uh, ding, um, dinged up a little bit last night in the Ducks' final regular season game. But if the Stars, if the Ducks can reach the conference finals and the Stars get a second first round pick. You have a lot of options there to uh, potentially make that move for your goalie of the future. If you've got two first-round picks to potentially use, whether you use one from this year or two from this year, or you use one from this year and one from next year and hold on to your sixth sixth overall pick, I mean, it's if you're a Stars fan, and I know Stars fans don't like this, you're rooting for the Ducks to reach the conference finals. That's the best possible thing for this franchise. Yeah, you're a uh, Ducks-Hawks conference finals, so then you get that third round pick for Oduya. Not that that's as big of a chip, but that's if we're rooting for maximal returns, that's what you should be rooting for. I'm also rooting for the Ducks because if the Ducks make it to the conference finals, then my fantasy team will likely have been doing very well because I took a lot of Ducks, including Patrick Eves. So I really hope that Patrick Eves is better. Good story there, Patrick Eves. We've talked about him before. Finished, did you finish the year with what, 31, 32 goals? Good, uh... 31 goals. 31 goals, 50 points. Good for Patrick Eves. Probably would have been the team MVP if he had stayed here the whole season. You'd argue he still was the team MVP. It's never a good year when your guy's still the team MVP when he gets traded away. <laughs> True dat. True dat. Oh. Uh, not MVP, but it was funny this morning. Tyler Sagan, when talking about the team, said uh, said everyone had a good year. And so Sorry, uh, no one had a good year this year. Well, except Adam Cracknell. He had a good year. So... Adam Cracknell, Adam Cracknell, I guess for Team MVP, if, for guys who stuck, who, who who made it to the end of the season. Um, there we go. Speaking of Sagan, I'm going to write something about this for later this week. Um, it was interesting. He kind of admitted today for the first time, um, at least as far as I can remember on the record, that he admitted that he's not that he wasn't as fast as he could have been. He admitted that. It takes a year to get back from the Achilles, and then he had the injury, and so he was never really at that full speed, and I think it's something we all saw because he never had that first step like he's had in the past, but being an excellent interview day in the day where there's no more games to play and all of a sudden hockey players become more honest, Tyler Sagan admitted that, yeah, he lost a step this year. Now, the question is, can he get it back for next year? I don't have an answer to that question, but I mean, if we're... uh comparing to a recent case in Eric Carlson, who's looked pretty freaking good the last couple of years after he got over his Achilles injury. 
Um, I would say the chances are pretty decent, and I'm sure that Sagan is going to head into the offseason hungry, looking to put this year behind him and kind of get back on the pace that he had been his first three years in Dallas. So I'm sure he'll be hungry and motivated heading into next year with a full offseason of training as well. So that'll be obviously a benefit too. And you look at Sagan's point and you look at Tyler Sagan's points this year and you can't be upset with his point totals, but you just have to be you have to look at a couple of factors of you have to look at the eye test with Tyler Sagan. You have to look at what happened this year where he didn't look the same. And I'm not sure if there's an analytic or a stat that tells this, but I thought it always felt to me like he scored more meaningless goals than anyone else. He would score the he would score the goals when they're down by four, or score the goal to make it five nothing when in the, in the rare games they were actually up high. Um, he just wasn't really a big contributor in key games. Um, he had his points and he got his point totals, and I'm sure he helped a lot of fantasy teams. But um, and I'm, I'm not sure. Maybe you know if there's a metric that tracks that or whatever. Someone else can tell me who's listening, but. I know that there's, for Corsi and Fenwick, they have overall five-on-five. They have in-close situations, so in one-goal or tie games. I'm sure they have points for in-close games, too. I just don't I just don't know where to find that off the top of my head, but I'm sure something like that exists somewhere. Because if they have it for shot metrics, I'm sure they'd also have it for point metrics, too. It's uh, one thing that I think will be interesting, and I don't think... Uh, and this is circling back to the new coach, whoever the new coach is. I don't think the new coach will have a uh, will have much of a say in the roster construction. Like, because I know people have asked me on Twitter, is like, oh, well, will they wait to hire the new coach to figure out who their goalie is? No, building the roster is Jim Nill's job. He has to build the roster and he has to give it to the coach. However, the one thing that I think will be interesting is I think the new coach will have a say in Cody Eakin's fate because I think the new coach, whoever the new coach is going to come in. I think that's going to be a fair conversation to say, if the new coach come in, comes in and says, you know what, I want to use Jason Spezza, Tyler Sagan, and Radic Fox as centers, Cody Eakin doesn't have a spot on this team. And I think that that will come. To, that's one of the few decisions, player personnel decisions, that will be directly impacted by the new coach because um, personally, and we've stated before, Cody Eakin's not being left unprotected in the expansion draft, but I keep getting closer and closer to my mind that Cody Eakin is going to be traded at some point this offseason. Right, you mentioned those protection issues, and if that comes to fruition, that those are your three centers and Cody Eakin's not one of those three guys, then he's probably going to get traded because if he's left unprotected, you know that's who Vegas is going to take. Yeah, it's certainly going to be... that. that that's an easy one. Except The only easier choice for Vegas would be if Val was left unprotected. And, uh, right. And it was funny. We had Val... Uh, Nil was asked today if Val... If he knows if Val will come over to uh, come back from the KHL, and Jim said, oh, I don't know. There's some sort of things there. But we all know that Jim's just giving lip service. They, the stars know... Whether or not Val will be back next year, right now, I think. I think whether they whether they right. plan on having right. him back or not, it's. But they're uh, they're obviously being coy about it, so we'll. S- right, and that that'll that was the Olympic stuff broke last week after we yeah. shot, and we kind of talked about it a little bit throughout the week that the Olympics, NHL not going to the Olympics is probably not going to be in the Stars' favor when it comes to Val coming back. No, it's not, especially since there's going to be an attitude in the KHL of people saying, hey, you want to play for Russia, you need to be a KHL player. And you know there's a ton of pressure for those guys. Um, it's It doesn't help. It's not going to be the determining factor, but it certainly is if, if Val's, Val and his agent are making a pro-con list for NHLs, for, for playing in the NHL next season, it's certainly on the pro list for staying in the KHL. 
Um, right. Yeah. And he's, I mean, he's a guy who was on the team last time, didn't get a ton of ice time. So, I mean, this time, four years later after that, he's going to be on a team that figures to be the favorite this time, just based on the players that they'll have available to him. And he's probably going to be one of those guys who's getting top minutes up yeah. there. Last thing, we'll close this out. Uh, cause I just wanted to keep it quick with the, uh, it's been a busy day with exit interviews and everything like that. But last thing to close it out, I'm actually going to be intrigued to watch world championships this year because a, we'll get to see Nachushkin play for Russia. Honka is heading over to play in uh, fit team for 15 Finland's camp. And, uh, Antoine Roussel is going to play for France, and it wouldn't surprise me if him and uh, Bellemare is the other French player from the NHL. It wouldn't surprise me if him and Bellemare are, what, I don't know, you make them co-captains since the World Championships are in Paris. So it's I don't know what the timing frame is, it, but all of a sudden I have a reason to watch World Championships this year because of Honka and Nachushkin and, and uh, to see how Roussel looks after that hand injury. Right, and... I like. I always like keeping eyes on the international tournaments like that, but it's probably going to be a little crappier compared to last year's because now you have guys for Canada and USA who aren't going to be as motivated to go because USA Hockey and Hockey Canada aren't going to have that added caveat of saying, "Hey, come play for World Championships. It could help you out when it comes to the Olympics mm-hmm. next year." Yeah, it's. Uh, I know, and and I know Jamie Ben and we asked Jamie Ben and Tyler Sagan about World Championships today. Oh, also Foxa will. Fox will definitely go to World Championships for the Czech Republic. Um, we asked Jamie Ben and Tyler Sagan about World Championships Day, and both of them said, you know what, we we talked to Jim about it, which I think I, I, my gut says they won't go, but I guess they'll have that discussion. Yeah, wouldn't I mean, if they're both trying to get over stuff health-wise, it, would surprise, it wouldn't surprise me if they just took the summer to be say screw it we're gonna get healthy and get ready well that's what jamie ben needs jamie ben needs a long off season and he needs to get healthy that's what that's the best possible thing for the stars franchise agreed agreed well go have fun on the radio now yeah i'm going to uh no one's listening to this live so but i'm gonna go jump on the radio in edmonton now and uh, talk to people who are who are not as smart as ryan about hockey see see giving you a shameless plug there that's right. Get on my level, Edmonton. <laughs> Everyone, thanks for listening, and we will uh, we'll record the next one probably when we have a new coach. Have a good week, or however long this is.